everyone and welcome back to Live Truth. So on this episode, I have someone who's really so dear to my heart. Um, she's really played such a big role in my faith and just really walked with me um, on this journey. And we're going to be talking about what it means to actually live in community. What does it look like? And um, just even talking about stuff like discipleship as well. Because um, many people go to what they consider community churches, but are they actually doing community? Are you actually doing community with the people that God has placed in your life to walk with you on this journey? So we're just going to just speak about different topics and what it looks like to really do life with people. Hello, Jamie, and thank you so much for being on Live Truth. It's such a privilege to have you here. And um, just as we start off, I just want to know, what is the foundational truth for your life? The foundational truth for my life is that I am made by Jesus and for Jesus. And what that essentially means is that my whole life revolves around Jesus. Everything I do, I do because I want to please the Father. Everything I do, I do out of obedience to the Father. And that results in me living an abundant life that is full of hope, peace, joy, and love. Sure. I really love um, just what you said. And it's something that actually God has just like been placing on my heart that um, just choosing to live a life for him and him alone. And I just want to know, what does that look like for you um, in terms of living in community um, and in fellowship with people? Do you think that um, living in community helps you in living out this truth? Or do you think that community is not necessary um, to live life for Jesus? I believe that community is essential in order for us to live out the truth. Um, I think it's so easy for people to get deceived when they're on their own and isolated and trying to pursue truth and understand truth because there's just so much room for deception. Um, think about the analogy of a herd of sheep. When the sheep are together in a herd, it's very difficult for the wolf to attack the sheep. But when that sheep wanders off on their own and kind of strays away from the herd or the community, then it's much easier for the wolf to kind of take out that wolf and attack, uh, sorry, take out that sheep and attack that sheep. Um, so in the same way, I think community is so important because it kind of protects the people um, in terms of truth as well. I think I think about um, the early church where they read scripture and, you know, debated scripture in community. And I think that is so, is so essential to be able to understand um, and to be able to live out your truth so that you're not deceived, that you're able to criticize each other in a healthy manner, but be able to kind of dig through scripture and understand truth and not your idea of what truth is. Sure, I really love that. I think that has been something that has honestly helped me and just in terms of just making sure that I'm still walking on the right path. And just even when I'm confused, I want to understand scripture a bit more. It's it's so good to know that you can even just make your mistakes, I think, with people that you can trust. Um, but I think like a lot of people don't have that um, um, because they may feel exposed or feel like people will judge them because of what they think or what they don't understand. And um, I just like love what you said that like how just like being together, like um, all together as like sheep, like it protects us from the wolf. But like many people may think that um, or feel that like it's actually the sheep that are hurting them, um, like other believers. So um, that's why I think, like, in my opinion, many people in church don't want to do life with other people because of 
relational hurts or just the feeling of being exposed. And um, unfortunately, we all flawed and like we may love Jesus, but without realizing it, we may hurt people. So how would you advise someone that says that they love Jesus, but they don't want to necessarily um, want to do life with other Christians? I think that people are imperfect, which means they're going to make mistakes and hurt people unintentionally. Um, and I've experienced this firsthand in the church where I had opened up to someone in church and shared some personal things and that person had shared it with someone else and I felt really exposed and I felt that I couldn't trust any other person in the church ever again. Um, I remember going to God and saying, you know, how could how can I trust your people in your church? And I was super angry about it. And as I started to walk through a journey of healing with the Lord, um, the Lord showed me that I'm as much imperfect and flawed as the next person, which means as much as that person is going to make mistakes unintentionally and hurt people unintentionally, so am I. And I need to learn how to have grace for those people um, as much as God has grace for me when I make mistakes and I unintentionally hurt people. I would advise someone to jump right back in. I think the benefits of community far outweigh, in a sense, you know, the fear of getting hurt or getting exposed or getting rejected because God loves us and he will heal us. Um, I think something that I live by in my life or I pray often in my life is that Jesus would give me a thick skin but a soft heart that no matter what people will say and no matter how people would hurt me that it would kind of just go off my back like like water off a duck's back but my heart would always say stay soft towards that person because at the end of the day like I said earlier people are imperfect flawed human beings who are going to make mistakes um so my advice would be jump straight in again I love that. And that's something that I actually learned from you, just having a thick skin and a soft heart. And I think that's what I really love about you is that you don't just like say all of these nice, true things, but you really live it out. And it really shows just um, just in the way that you do life. Um, and I just I just wanted to know if you could just like expand more um, when you're just talking about how the benefits of being in community outweighs like the benefits of being alone. Like, do you think that it would be possible for someone to actually do the Christian life effectively alone or um, yeah like are there any benefits that come with that or um, just like what are the why shouldn't someone uh, do the Christian life alone? I don't think it's possible for someone to effectively do the Christian life alone. Um, it's like the scripture says that you know we all see in part um, which means each person one of us carry a different part and we need that part in each other. Um, similarly, with the body principle, we each play a different role in the body of Christ. And I, for one, can certainly not play every one of those roles and therefore we need each other. Um, Jesus or God himself was made, you know, is in community and we are made in his image and therefore we have a desire and a longing for community. Um, and God created us, created us that way because he knows that community is good for us. Community is going to help us grow. Um, it's going to help us, you know, follow Jesus. It's going to help us be uh, accountable. Um, it's going to help us live this Christian life effectively, which we by no means, I believe, can do on our own. Sure, that's so good. Um, 
And I just like love what you said about how we all are built like with a longing for community. But I think a lot of people don't know how to do community well. Um, and I just want to know that um, with your experience with leading the student girls district, you had to interact with so many different people. And one of the things that I love about you is that you're so good at loving people and accepting them for who they are. Would you say that that was a characteristic that came naturally to you or how did you grow in loving people practically? And what would you say was your biggest struggle? I think loving people for me is something that both came naturally and was something that I had to grow in. Um, because I believe that when you are born again, um, when you are saved, when you experience the love of God for yourself, I believe that there's this natural love that you will have for people because of the love that you've experienced yourself. But in the same breath, they're saying that, um, you know, people are going to be difficult and sometimes it is going to be difficult to love someone that has hurt you or, you know, said something bad about you or whatever. But the Bible or Jesus says in his word that we are to love um, each other as Christ loved each other. It's a command that Jesus gives us. Um, and I think today we talk a lot about love in a very kind of flaky, fluffy way, in a very like feeling kind of way. But Jesus talks about love in in the sense that you need to lay down your life for someone. Um, and I think growing in that kind of love comes from spending time with Jesus. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more you grow to become like Jesus and the more it's easier for you to love people in that way despite the fact that they're difficult or they hurt you or whatever. I think one of the biggest struggles in loving people well is the fact that you know there is that fear of getting hurt, that you're investing so much of yourself in this person and this person might turn around and bite you. I remember um, I heard a speaker a few years ago his name was Dr. George Malik, and he made this remark and he said, well, the sheep bite. And I think I always remember that, like the people that I'm loving and I'm discipling um, are going to hurt me. They are sheep. They're going to bite. Um, but that doesn't change that love that I have for them, that Christ love that I have for them. I definitely agree with that. And I think in my own life, I've noticed that just the more I've grown in loving God and um, growing and understanding who he is the natural outflow for me is just loving people you know and I don't think it's possible for someone to grow in loving God but not grow in loving people I, it just seems strange to me um, I think that this also just like leads me to my next question um, do you think it's possible for someone to be saved but not be a disciple of Jesus would you say that one has to choose to follow Jesus and to allow him to lead them or or not? I think we have to look at what it means to be saved. In Romans 10 verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, you will be saved. But what does it mean to say that Jesus Christ is your Lord? It means that he rules and reigns over your life. It means that you, you know, follow him, you imitate him, you do your life according to how the Lord you know, says your life should be lived. Um, and that means that you're a disciple of Jesus. I think many people uh, believe that once you say the sinner's prayer or the salvation prayer, then that's it. But it's a daily thing of taking up your cross and following Jesus. And that essentially means being a disciple of Jesus.
Jesus doesn't force himself on anyone. He doesn't force us to follow him. He gives us a choice. Um, and in that choice, we get to decide whether we allow God to lead us as well. Um, because God can be leading us somewhere, but we can choose whether to follow him in that direction or not. It's because of God's love for us that he always gives us a choice. Of course, the choice or the path that God has for us is the absolute best there is for us. But at the end, he always gives us a choice and we get to choose which path to walk. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And yeah, Jesus is the ultimate disciple. And yeah, we do choose to follow him. Um, And just going more into discipleship, I believe that um, all of us as Christians play a role in that, you know. Um, I do believe that we are all called to disciple people, but I think it's something that's not spoken about a lot in many churches. Um, so I know that like, it's obviously so good for people to evangelize and lead people to Christ, but can you speak about the importance of discipling someone and the effect it will have on both parties in the long run? I think I agree with you. Evangelism is so good, but Jesus didn't call us to evangelize all nations Uh, When he gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he says, go and make disciples of all nations. And I think that's where we've got it wrong. We've equated evangelism with discipleship, whereas evangelism is the start of discipleship. It's the kind of the first step in discipleship. Discipleship is so much more than evangelism. Discipleship is teaching someone who Jesus is um, and teaching them how to follow Jesus. I think it's such a beautiful thing that we as Christians are called to do is we're called to disciple people to show them who Jesus is I believe that discipleship is beneficial to both parties Um, I've been in many a discipleship relationships where I've grown and learned so much from the person that is discipling me about how to follow Jesus and how to love Jesus with all of my heart um, and how to you know share my faith how to live out my calling and in the same way I've discipled or walked a road with many other people um, about the same things that I've learned and how to follow Jesus. Um, I mean, because there's this biblical principle that talks about it being better to um, give than to receive. So now I've received so much from the people that have discipled me that I have so much to give to other people. So I can't just hoard all the things that I've been discipled in that I have to give so that God can, you know, put more in me so that I can keep giving. Um, so I believe that it's just beneficial for both parties to be in a discipleship relationship and be discipling someone. Joshua, I definitely agree um, with the, everything that you said about um, just discipleship. And just to go more deeper onto the person that's doing the discipling, what would you say their heart posture should be? Um, I believe the heart posture of someone that wants to disciple someone else should be humility. I mean... We're not always going to know everything um, that, you know, a disciple will ask you questions. So I believe humility is such a key heart posture um, for someone that wants to disciple someone else. It's like you're saying, I'm following Jesus and I'm walking this journey. Um, so come walk this journey with me and we'll both follow Jesus. I might be a little, you know, longer on this journey um, and I might have some things to teach you, but we're both following Jesus together. And I love that. It really does take humility. Um, Because I think we'll never actually know it all. Um, And I think that is just so freeing. um, And knowing that when we're discipling someone that uh, Jesus will guide us. And to to be able to know that like, okay, if I don't know something, it's okay. 
um, just like even in my own experience with discipling, um, it's been really helpful for me in terms of growth because when I realize actually I don't understand this concept in the Bible or I actually don't have an answer for that, it actually pushes me to go to Jesus and be like, yo, Jesus, explain this to me, please. It needs to make sense. <laughs> I also need to help someone else out. But yeah, because I think sometimes we can get a bit satisfied with what we know and we're okay. But then it's only sometimes when we're questioned that we realize, okay, actually, I don't know what I thought I knew, you know, so that's really cool. Um, and I just want to know a little bit more in terms of your own experience and discipling so many girls and just in the society that we live in, um, a lot of people are dealing with um, mental illnesses and just um, anxiety, depression. And I'm sure you've had to lead girls who were struggling emotionally or mentally. And I know this because you've played such a big part in my life when I was struggling with anxiety and other emotional wounds over the years. So how would you advise a Christian or someone that is discipling another person in terms of not just putting a truth plaster like God will get you through this, which is truth, but sometimes in that moment, it doesn't necessarily help. So how can Christians speak truth and still empathize with those struggling emotionally or mentally? I think it's so easy for Christians to put on a plaster and say, you know, God will get you through this. I think it's so tempting sometimes to say that because it's kind of like the easy way out. But I look at Jesus and I know from Jesus' character that he's not someone that just puts a band-aid on our problems and, and sends us on our way. He's someone that walks with us through our pain and our hurt, and whether it's you know mental or emotional or physical. God walks with us through those things. And I think in the same way, we must you know imitate Christ that way because we love people um, and walk through the journey with them. I think sometimes we're not willing to walk the journey, the difficult journey with people when we should. I think about the woman caught in adultery. When her accusers came up against her, um, Jesus first protected her and defended her and essentially had compassion on her. And it was only when the accusers had left did Jesus say, turn to her and say, neither do I condemn you, um, go and sin no more. It was only after that, that after the accusers had left that um, Jesus spoke the truth to her. And I think Many times, you know, some, a person is not ready to receive the truth. And by showing compassion and loving that person and listening to them, that person's heart becomes soft um, towards you and towards receiving the truth. It's easier for the person to receive the truth in that moment than right off the bat. Another important thing is for us to encourage um, and pray with and for the person that you're journeying with. Um, by praying for and with that, by speaking that truth into that person's life, whether you're with that person um, in person or away from that person. As a final thought, I think it's so important to help the person receive the truth. Because scripture says, they shall know the truth and the truth shall set them free. Um, and for that person to know and to start believing the truth and kind of speaking that truth over themselves on a daily basis, whether they're struggling with rejection or anxiety or depression or whatever it might be, um, the truth that God gives them is what is going to set them free. 
um, when they start speaking it and declaring that truth over themselves. Um, I read a quote once, it says, a truth is truth irregardless of whether we believe it or not. So on a daily basis, as you declare that truth over yourself, you start to believe it and it starts to transform the way you think and believe about yourself. Man, thank you so much, Jamie, for being on Live Truth and just for shedding more light on what it looks like to do community and how we can grow in doing it better. Um, and I just wanted to know um, if there's someone out there that is looking to be discipled but they don't know how to go about it, what advice would you give them? I think I was just blessed. <laughs> I don't even know how it happened that you started discipling me, but God made it happen. <laughs> but like, would you say that someone has to just like go and ask someone, maybe just pray about it? How, yeah, how can they go about just in getting someone to disciple them? I think the first step for someone that is looking to be discipled is to read the word, read the Bible. Um, start building and cultivating that relationship with Jesus, that sincere relationship with Jesus uh, by praying and communicating with God. And then um, secondly is to find a good Bible-believing church where you can get slotted into um, and, you know, start serving um, and get involved. And I believe that through that process, um, God will start to bring people along your path that will be able to disciple you and mentor you in the things of God. And um, I think just the other thing is that don't be afraid to ask someone to disciple you. I think um, when I first got saved, I was so afraid of asking someone to disciple me. And the reality is that the worst that they could say is no. <laughs> and then you just, and then God will just find someone else to disciple you. I believe that it's God's heart for us to be discipled. He wants us to be discipled in the things of Him, and He will make a way for someone to disciple you. Um, that's not something that you have to worry about. Is if you keep sincerely seeking Jesus and following Him, um, He will bring people your way that will pour into your life and teach you things of God and um, walk that journey with you. It's not something you have to worry about. I agree 100% and I can testify that that works people because that basically was what happened in my own life so yeah definitely go back and pray about it and I just want to advise anyone that um, has been walking with God for a while that um, God has called you to go and disciple other people that what you have learned from God from church from just your journey with him isn't supposed to end with yourself like you don't have to become a pastor or a leader to disciple anyone you know like God has already placed that ability within you and you can just go in humility and just pray about it and just trust that maybe God will bring you someone along your path that um, you may be able to assist in their faith um, yeah just yeah you as a regular human being can do it as well and and I hope that you will help and encourage that person to think truth to speak truth and live truth